Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... always had the idea of the title being something like stories from mm, yeah and then, yeah you know that that's really a a big part of it you can't it's very very hard to do an entire history you know right, and sometimes sure. that can get really kind of dry and in fact one of the first things james said to me when he saw some of the first chapters was this is good but tell more stories this is the children's book podcast episode number 633 I'm your host, Matthew Winner. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash matthewcwinner if you want to support the show. Today I'm joined by Fred Bowen and James Ransom. Gridiron, stories from 100 years of the National Football League, is a work of love and devotion and history and fandom. It tells, in a collection of brief chapters, a history of a sport made up in moments from memorable plays to memorable leaders and memorable events that invited more people into the game. And it does it all with gorgeous, energetic, and often emblematic illustrations. And through it all, the sp- through it all, the sport, the figures, and the history is an opportunity to bring people together. Please welcome my guests. Fred Bowen and James Ransom, author and illustrator, respectively, of Gridiron. Uh, well, my name's Fred Bowen, and I'm the author now of uh, 25 uh, sports books for kids, uh, ages 8 to 12. Uh, 23 of them are series books uh, called the Fred Bowen Sports Story Series. And what they do is they combine sports fiction, sports history. There's always a chapter of sports history at the back. And I write uh, about baseball, basketball, football, and soccer. And I also write a weekly kids sports column for the Washington Post. Been doing that since April 2000. So that's more than a thousand columns. And um, the latest thing, though, I'm really proud of is... Uh, a nonfiction book, which is called Gridiron, Stories from 100 Years of the National Football League. Um, my name's James Ransom. Um, I'm an illustrator. I've illustrated um, about 70 books um, for children. And um, I work in all different types of medium. Um, and um, for, for the book, Gridiron was done in watercolors. 
And I've um, done books in oils, acrylics, um, collage. And I'm really excited about this book. I'm a, a big football fan. Um, and it's just such a thrill to work with Fred. He did an amazing job in um, writing this, writing these stories about um, the National Football League. So I'm really excited about this. Well, I'm glad you're both here. Uh, Fred, welcome back. And, and James, I feel like my students, through a, a number of different schools, uh, we've read your work and love your work and have studied your work for Mock Caldecotts and Mock Coretta Scott Kings. Um, yeah. you, you are a person um, that we really love and respect for what you bring to storytelling. So, so thanks, both of you, for, for joining me today. Well, thanks. Good to be here. Yeah. So let's talk about Gridiron. I want to know really how a book like this comes together, Fred, like you were saying, to tell the history of something is a lot. But you both have managed to to tell it through stories, through stories uh, that are flashes of memory to bring us through these these first hundred years of football. And I think it's done really beautifully. I was mentioning off recording that I love how it is uh, such compelling narrative in these micro chapters of maybe three or four pages and that uh, we it, it ends up really being in some parts a story of not just strategy and tact but of leadership and inclusion and who is invited in to play now and who is called out to serve and to do different things. So uh, Fred, have you worked up a, a book talk for Gridiron yet when you're meeting readers? How do you talk right. about this book? Well, you know, the, the interesting thing is, is uh, yeah, it's, it's a, a real challenge to tell the story of a hundred years of professional football. And so one of the biggest things was to sort of get the arc of, a, of the story and to get, uh, at first, we were, James and I were talking about it and we probably, I don't know, James, what we have, like about 30 possible chapters and we were thinking about maybe have 24, six in each quarter. And it came out to five in each quarter. But I think we did a real good job of getting sort of the arc of the story from the very beginning where this league starts in an automobile showroom in uh, Canton, Ohio, to today's Super Bowl, which is a really one of the few stop everything and watch experiences for the entire culture. Uh, yeah. More than 100 million people watch the Super Bowl and more than that kind of dip in at some point. So it's it's really the story is this growth of a league, which is now kids see it as, oh, it's everywhere. It's, you know, it's so big. Well, it started very, very small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have fond memories of being a child and um, watching the Super Bowl on Sunday. Um, I don't know, around one o'clock, I believe. Yeah. You know, and, um, and if you miss it, you missed it, and that was it. But um, I mean, the Cowboys and the Steelers. You know, it was one of my most enjoyable moments watching that Super Bowl with a friend of mine. And well, now, of, oh, you go ahead. Yeah, and and now it's turned into this big thing where you know it's in the evening. You know, people have these huge parties. Parties, yeah. Television set. And, you know, I've gone to people's homes with people who don't even really watch football. <laughs> and, they are, and they're having a party and we're watching football. The halftime wow. shows are massive. You have, I mean, you have, I don't know how long this has been a thing to have 
you know, when the Ravens have gone and competed um, at the Super Bowl or even in the championships, it's it transforms the entire city. We all yeah. are rooting. Yeah. I don't. I was saying before, I don't watch professional sports, but I feel a huge amount of pride that that's that's my home team and they're going and doing a thing. It feels like a win for the city. And that to me, I can't think of any other phenomenon in our culture that unites us in that way and and makes us feel like we're all rooting together. It's a really amazing thing. Well, one of the things that that's interesting about that, if I could jump in, is just that if you think, and we mention it uh, somewhere in the book about just sort of how I think it's in the very last of uh, the post game show it's called is just how like um, things like shirts you'll see and hats and mm-hmm. all this uh, sort of paraphernalia of uh, this league that it's, it's almost everywhere. And mm-hmm. so it is a um, it's a, it's a real cultural phenomenon and not just the sport and the sports, of course, are and this is what we're missing right now that wonderful way to bring so many people together i was watching i think a baseball game from wrigley field and i just thought oh there's nobody there you know it would be in playoff baseball i've been to wrigley field to see the crowd they're all excited or to be at a ravens game or you know just we're really missing that and that's that's one of the things that sports and football being the most popular sport now really brings people well that's that's really um how i see it also and that's what i probably enjoy about um football and sports more than anything it it, it's an opportunity to bring people together people who don't know each other different nationalities you know you have on a you have on a jersey and someone says something, either you like that team or you dislike that team, and you can have a create a conversation based on you know what you're wearing, you know, or you know, someone wearing an opposing um, team's um, uniform. So I think that, that's what really exciting. Um, a few years ago, I was with my friends and we were in um, New Orleans, and, and I'm I'm a Miami Dolphin fan. It, it just so happened there was some Buffalo Bills there who the Bills were pe- playing the um the um the Saints. And I struck up conversations with people I would have never seen do because of the rivalry between the Dolphins and the Bills. Hmm. And one guy in California, I still remember him, you know, we had a great conversation about our teams. And, and how's a guy in California like the Buffalo Bills in New York? It's like bizarre. It has a guy from North Carolina like, you know, the Miami Dolphins, you know, so yeah. that's what's great about, um, about sports in general is it does bring up conversations. It's this well, common and, vernacular, isn't it? Yeah. The we, you all know individual teams or you know um, players. Like, when you wear that jersey, you're signaling like this. I wear that jersey and I'm just like, I'm from Baltimore. This is my team. Um, but yeah. other people that are wearing specific jerseys of players, they're signaling that like this is this is the person I stand behind or this is my on-field hero. Or you're right, to, to, to see a complete stranger at a, at a bar or a game or a, a school – and just know yeah. that, like, I can talk to this person because we're signaling that we speak the same language. Yeah. Well, think, think, uh, uh, Matthew. I mean, you're a teacher, and think. I don't know if your school allow. You know, sometimes they don't want to have, uh, uh, or they'll have uniforms or things. But sometimes they'll have sports days. Oh, and yeah. Kids come in, 
or kids who wear uh, a certain thing, um, certain jersey all the time, and the, the, you know, um, different sports and things. One of the things I hope when we talk about the stories is that I hope, really, my, my fondest hope is that the book will be read by kids, but also parents, uncles, aunts who can remember those games. As James oh. was saying, oh yeah, I remember, you know, the Immaculate Reception, or I remember the first Super Bowl, or I remember, you know, uh, that catch uh, in uh, uh, Super Bowl, whichever it was, I now forget, uh, you know, the Tyree catch. Oh, I, I was watching that. Mm -hmm. And that the kids will get that sort of excitement and say, oh, these are stories that are, you know, that were really uh, important to people. And they are part of the sort of the, the culture of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that was one of the reasons why um, this book it was um, created. Um, I, I came to Fred with the idea, and I, the idea came to me a few years ago when I heard that the um, 100th anniversary was coming up for the NFL. And I like this idea, you know, uh, you know, as a child is what I thought, you know, and and he was born in the midst of um, these this uncles, aunts, father, mothers, grandmothers, and they're talking about these games that they watch because, it's, of course, it's not it doesn't compare to the game they're watching today, or maybe there's some big event that happened in this previous game, and this book is really for that kid to open up. And to catch them up on what happened and how we got to where we are today, how it started out, so they can actually become part of those conversations when they're talking about, you know, some big sport event, you know, when the Jets won their um, first and only Super Bowl, you know, or when Kansas City um, Chiefs were great back then and where they are now, that they can be part of those conversations. That was the idea. And also for people like yourself, Matthew, which is always the hardest hurdle to get over is that this is a book about with stories and these different stories that just happen to be based around football, but not necessarily for football lovers, you know, someone who just enjoys storytelling um, or maybe have a sort of an interest. I remember being um, a young kid and living with my grandmother and seeing this game that came on on Sundays and it's like, this is interesting, but I don't understand it. Mm, and yes. having to watch it, to understand it and get to getting to understand it and that's why i fell in love with football so that's what this book is for it hopefully it's to you know to um, catch children up on um the history or, or people who who just sort of curiously interested in how this sport began and how and how and what are some of the highlights of it they can open this book up and um, read these wonderful stories that fred wrote yeah i well, mean what? i if, if you don't mind me asking fred oh, yeah. um yeah. i would love to ask you both where where even the starting point was with all of these different stories, because one thing I noticed, not only are you going through history, but you've very deliberately chosen to focus on certain players that moved the sport forward, certain coaches, certain regulation changes, or the, this is the start of the, you know, the first Super Bowl, or, or this or that. You've really given us such a wide net of history that again, as I was reading aloud, I was reading aloud to my five and 10 year old and it made for such a perfect thing to read aloud at night. Cause we could read three pages and have a massive uh, picture. This book has a very large trim size. So we're just in the book when we're reading the story, but James, your, your illustrations, they, they consume 
the reader. They're so beautiful to to be in there. And again, it struck me that how does one go about trying to represent as much as you do in here? Well, you know, it's interesting that I, I love history, you know, and so and it, I particularly love sports history. And it always fascinated me how, oh, gee, the uh, the games were different. Uh, yeah, they had different rules. And that and that evolution of how the game changes so that, uh, you know, for example, there's a chapter on uh, basically the passing game and how early football was oh they did you know they just sort of ran the ball into the line there wasn't much passing at all in fact if you in there was an incomplete pass you'd get a 15 yard penalty so there was very little passing and and then all of a sudden um the uh, or, or a gradually you know the game begins to open up as people are passing more and of course one of the wonderful things about it is that the uh uh, the Carlisle Indian School was a big part of that. And a guy that I had never heard of, a guy named Benny Friedman. You know, so all these stories, as you read more about it, and of course, one of the big things is, and I'm sure James will catch you up on all the research he had to do to get the details of the art. For me, it was like reading books and books and books on uh, the National Football League and it was great fun. And I learned a lot. I thought I knew a lot, but uh, there was lots to learn. There was even more to learn. Yeah. yeah. James, tell us, because your your illustrations in this book are, uh, they're beautiful. It's very clear that they're watercolor and you are masterful at watercolor. But the the way that we can study form, I'm thinking of the what is this chapter? The Concrete Charlie is the chapter. Oh. But that, I believe, might be the, the one time you also not only give us this great kick form, but behind uh, the kicker, you have fans dressed uh, in face paint and, and pirate oh, gear. Yeah. You just It's like, well, that's a part of this, the history, too, is fandom. Sure, sure. That's just sure, great. Yeah, yeah that's the, the famous um, punter, uh, Ray Guy. Yeah. Um, Ray Guy. Yeah. Um, you know, in, 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 uh, no, it's always interesting because every stadium has its, it has its fans. <laughs> and I think the, um, at that point they were the, um, the Oakland. Uh, Oakland Raiders. Yeah. They oh, had, the you know, Raiders. Raiders. Okay, yeah. And, and now, now they are, you know, they're the Las Vegas Raiders, but their fans are just, you know, they have those costumes. They were just so great. <laughs> I just have to um, ca- capture those. And, you know, growing up watching Ray Guy, his punting was just absolutely um, amazing. This guy can just kick the ball so far. Um, it really helped them out a lot. Um, so it's, it's, all, it's all part of it. Um, you know, um, you look at hundreds and hundreds of pictures. You really do. I mean, um, you spend... Sometimes I w- you can spend, you know, just two or three hours just trying to find something close to what you want to do you want to illustrate. But what I really tried to do in this book was not just make it about, you know, guys in pads just sort of hitting each other and, and running. I, I wanted to capture the feeling and, and what some people like the coaches did, you know. So we have, um, you know, Paul Brown. I think that illustration, you know, is a little different because I want to show – and I, and I had no idea. And that's what's great about doing a book like this. You discover so much, like Fred was saying, that Paul Brown did so much for the NFL. And I think it's, it's, it's I mean, I hear na- announcers talk about it, 
but you know, to see it in writing, it's like, oh my goodness, this guy completely changed the game. And um, you know, then the West Coast offense, you know, and, um, things like that that was um, that was created. So I tried to, um, you know, having you know the first championship game played the night before a circus where there was cat, there was um, um, elephant done, you know, all <laughs> over the place. I mean, it's just, you know, those things I tried to sort of pull into the artwork also. So it's not just a book of just picture after picture of people, you know, running and catching and throwing um, a football. I wanted to make it a little more personal. James, well, that painting. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Fred. I was going to say, I believe the first illustration I saw was uh, the cover. And I knew I was in good hands when, if you look at the cover, first of all, it's this dramatic moment that really captures, like, sort of just before the ball's going to be hiked. But James, on the, on the right-hand side, uh, has one of the uh, offensive linemen has just tape over two fingers. Yeah. And I thought, oh, yeah. That's, you know, in other words, he knows the game, number one. He also has the drama of it, but he has the details of it. And so I, when I saw that, I thought, oh, this is, this is going to be really good. <laughs> Hey there, book nerds. You want to know what's even better than hearing bookmakers share stories of how their ideas became the books you love? Having those stories in your home, your classroom, your library, or your life to be enjoyed over and over. Bookshop.org allows you to purchase your favorite books from the show and support local bookstores while doing it. I even maintain lists of the books shared each season, so it's easy to find what you're looking for. Visit MatthewCWinner.com and click on Shop, or use the link in the show notes to find your next favorite story. I love, James, your, one of the paintings that did stand out to me was of, of Paul Brown, of that coach, because you've, you've got this this illustration of this giant man standing, you know, within the Brown Stadium and and those skies and clouds around him and 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 a play in front of him. It's just there's there's moments like that in the illustrations that are that are that are really gorgeous. They're not just plays. They're 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 bringing us into these quiet moments. There's a couple of um, illustrations of of um, coaches that are just. They're 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 different. The tone of them is different from sort of the frenetic energy of being on on the field. It's great. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks a lot. Well, yeah. you know, and the coaches were so important. You know, in other words, they they were people who, as I read more about it, you know, you say, oh yeah, that's right. Bill Walsh sort of changed the game, yeah. and the story behind the West Coast offense was it was what is it. Uh, uh mother or you know uh, what necessity is the mother of invention mm-hmm. he didn't have a good quarterback he needed mm-hmm. to revamp the offense so that he didn't have a guy who could throw it 50 yards down the field he, he only some 15 20 yards down the field and so he came up with an offense which really changed the game yeah yeah it's still being used today um, oh yeah mm. absolutely yeah and in fact you know uh most kids if they watch the a game from 50, 60 years ago would say, you know, why aren't they, what happened to all the short passes? <laughs> you know, they just got to chuck it down the field and hope for the best. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that 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 story of how football is what it is today because of these individuals who care so much about not just playing the game on the field, but those that are coaching and have have a vision for how strategy or new strategy or doing things ways we haven't thought of before can carry it forward. I'm sure that's the way innovation happens in any sport. Yeah. Um, and that's probably what also informs different rule changes or different what 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 have you. But um, again, the the care that you both put into to making sure those stories were all told is great. Were there uh, for each of you particular stories you wanted to make sure were included as chapters? I just well, had one request. Uh, <laughs> I just one request. I have, I have seventy-two dolphins. That's the only one. I have. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's funny. I will let you in on uh, a couple of the little secrets, you know, in the uh, uh, the collaboration here. And actually, I had only done one other picture book and really there was very little collaboration. So I really enjoyed working with James. And James is such a big football fan. And he actually that he mentioned Ray Guy. He said, he said, you're going to mention Ray Guy, aren't you? And I hadn't planned to. And in fact, I'm not sure, did I? I? But the point was, is he had his ways of, you know, putting in some of his favorites into the uh, uh, illustrations. But I knew, I absolutely knew I had to write about the 72 Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it certainly, it, it helped a lot that they're the only undefeated team um, ever to, uh, you know, to finish a season, NFL season, undefeated and uh, that a recent team, you know, the Patriots had almost done it and they lost that opportunity in such a tremendously dramatic way in, you know, a catch, which is still kind of considered like the greatest play in the history of the Super Bowl. Mm. And so it's, wow. you know, those things sort of coming together. And, and sometimes what I tried to do with the chapter is to talk about something that's closer to the present but also bring back something from the past. Yeah. And that was a fun chapter to write. So thanks, James. <laughs> well, I think that's what Fred did was so wonderful. I mean, he's able to, in those short few pages, you know, three to four pages, he puts so much information in and it doesn't, it's not overwhelming. It's not boring. It becomes, it's very interesting, but he, he, he can have you go back to the past and he'll bring you forward and then he can bring you someplace else. And it's all just wrapped up so nicely in this sort of narrative storytelling way. That's what makes this um, book, I think, really special. So it was fun to read and reread because you do have to do that when you're illustrating a book um, and, you know, and, and, and learn, you know, there's so much information. So it's yeah. great. Well, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it was a lot of fun to do. Yeah, yeah. I love, and, I, I was going to say, Fred, for all that I know that you, that you've spent decades writing, um, sports books for kids and these articles uh, in the newspaper, these columns to know still, and of course, but to know still that there's, there's that you were still learning that both of you were still doing research and finding out new things. And I would imagine uh, even further deepening your love and appreciation for the game and for the players of the game is just something really cool to hear. That's a neat thing to share with kids. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that one of the things uh, about a project like this is, yeah, you do go in as somebody who's been a sports fan for decades 
and remembered some of these games, then you actually, oh, for example, I actually watched the 1958 uh, championship game between the Giants and the Colts, and it was considered the greatest game ever and all this kind of stuff. And then as I read about the game, and I had a child's memory of it. I remember, oh, I remember my brother Rich just cried afterwards. He was so upset that the Giants had lost. And I was like five years old. And, and But I, when I read about the game, oh, my goodness, there was something like eight turnovers in like the first half. It was back oh, and forth. Wow. And it was this crazy, <laughs> crazy game. And I was always thinking, oh, there was such a wonderful, you know, wonderfully played. Oh, it was kind of a mess, but it was very dramatic. And it had a great ending. And, you know, so it was, uh, it, it, I, it was different than the memory I had of it. And something else, uh, Matthew, that people can do, which I did, was you can actually go to YouTube and actually yeah. see some of these games, which is like, wow, this is great. Oh, they're <laughs> oh, on yeah. there. Okay. Yeah, in other words, you can. I remember watching the uh, David Tyree catch uh, several times, so that I would get sort of the sequence of, you know, Eli Manning going back, almost getting tackled, yes. spinning around, just throwing the ball down the field with a hope. Really, he yeah. had said later. He said, "Oh, if it had been early in the game, I would have thrown it out of bounds." He said, "But well, you know." Got to give it a try here. We're running out of time. And so, yes, like maybe going a back to see those plays are just one. It's wonderful. Made me a giant fan. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you hate the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so before we officially wrap this up, do you each mind sharing favorite team, favorite player? It sounds like you've both been watching since childhood. I wonder if, there are players from those like formative years for you that were special or, or ones you carry through to today, James, uh, your team and, and just a, a player that you have always admired. Well, um, I, 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 there's a lot of players I admire. Um, and it, it's, this is really long. I, I can't think <laughs> of anyone who sort of stands out. I, I, I'm a, I like the team. I like, I like the idea of the, um, a team effort also. So I am, um, first of all, my list is the Miami Dolphins. Um, I, I fell in love with them when I lived in North Carolina. I grew up in North Carolina. And um, I, it's something about um, tropical living that has always <laughs> interested me. <laughs> really? <laughs> Give me a palm tree and some sand. I think I'm happy. You know? Well, and, didn't they have yeah. a palm tree in their stadium? They, you know? I don't I've been to the stadium before. I, I don't remember seeing a palm tree in the okay. stadium. So it's something about that I just really, really like the idea. And, and of course, so they, so they, of course, I always can tell why a person likes a team is sort of based on three different reasons. Either the team was winning the year they started watching, yeah. um, or if they come from a household where parents, grandparents are involved in sports, and you almost have to like that that um, team, or you're going to be outcast from the family, which is a lot of Giants fans are <laughs> in Jersey. <laughs> and the um, the other is maybe there's um, 
there's a rival between you and um, a, a cousin or something, you know? Like, I know a friend who likes the Dolphins because his cousin loved the Jets. So he had to find a team that that, that the Jets hated, and it was the, the Dolphins. So that's how I became a fan here. Um, so I, I happened to, you know, so my story starts with the 72, 72 Dolphins is when I started watching. I also like the Ravens a lot. I have cousins in Baltimore. Um, I have a I met some great people in Baltimore. There's a there's a, a person, a teacher, who have season tickets. And they told me whenever I want to come see the, a game, I, you're welcome to come and and see a game, watch the Ravens play. And I ha- we haven't taken them up on that, but I always think about them. Mm. And I know librarians from Baltimore, so when I watch a Ravens game, I'm always thinking about them. And um, then I also um, I like. Um, New Orleans Saints. I love New Orleans. It's probably my second favorite city. And and Drew Brees and all the things they've been doing down there. I remember when everyone used to wear bags when they were the, the ain't. Oh yeah, ain't. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and to see them go from that to where they are now, it's like wow, it's, it's so wonderful. Um, so those are probably my um, uh, and the Carolina Panthers. So since I moved from North Carolina, the, the football, the Carolina has started a team. So I now like the Carolina Panthers also. But I, I live in New Jersey, New York area. So, you know, because of what the Giants did to the Patriots twice, I have to, I admire them. I'm always rooting for them. And then I, I'm an AFC guy. So the Steelers aren't bad either. So, you know, um, so that's You're what I'm in the whole league. Jim. I was saying, there's a lot of, a lot of influence based on you doing a lot of living, it sounds like. Yes. Well, well, you know, it's interesting. My, my, I, I don't really have favorite teams now. You know, particularly in football and other sports, I, I, I do, because I grew up in Boston, and uh, the Patriots were not very good when I, before I sort of left and went to other places. So my team growing up really was the New York Giants because I'm old enough to remember this that. There would be one game on on Sunday in New England. It was a New York Giants game. It was at one o'clock, and we used to watch the game religiously. And then my older brothers and I and my father would go out into the side yard, and we'd throw passes around. Nice. And, uh, and so that was just this wonderful memory of growing up, and that game was part of it. And that's, I think, what we've been sort of talking about is that there are so many things that these games sort of seep into to people's lives, where where they live, their families, like James was saying, hey, you can't, we root for the Giants here, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, it's that sort of thing. And that, and as somebody said earlier, being part of that conversation, hopefully the book will bring kids into that conversation yeah. because it's, it's really a wonderful, uh, way to connect with people and it's uh it's a heck of a lot of fun anybody who's been a sports fan you know i was noticing there was somebody i think it was justice stevens i was a lawyer for 30 years you know he died a year or so ago 99 years old in his obituary an accomplished man did so much he was a huge chicago cubs fan (laughs) and it always strikes me that a part of a well-lived life is some almost irrational uh, connection to a sports team. Just, (laughs) I really root for this team. Well, I... 
I, I, I love this. This is this is <laughs> your stories <laughs> are like even more stories for for this book. And so you no, know, I when I worked up in Syracuse, um, teaching in Syracuse, you know, they're big Bills fans, you know, so okay. you can almost you know guarantee anyway. Hey, you a Bills fan? Oh yeah, of course I am. <laughs> you know, you have something to talk about. You know, um, you can't, you know, religion and politics always iffy things, but sports, <laughs> but sports are okay. Can... That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It doesn't. I feel I like rivalries are so strong that shouldn't make sense, and yet it kind of does. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, sure. There's a um, lady who's at, you know, who would make sure people were security. And I just say, hey, tough week for the bills, huh? Oh, yeah, don't talk to me about it. I don't wanna... <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Uh, well, you've got you've got more on the way you shared. Do you want to talk a little bit about the next book that, that you're all working on? Well, uh, it's going to be uh, uh, the title is Hardcourt stories from 75 years of the National Basketball Association. And again, you have this incredible story of something that started really as just the way that guys who owned arenas and were saying, gee, we, you know, we need other another sport to fill up the arenas. We have, they had hockey at the time, college basketball was popular. They'd have the circus, sometimes ice shows. And then, so they said, well, why don't we try a pro basketball league? There had been some pro basketball leagues. And sure, very much like the NFL, it starts to grow. The players who are so important, the accomplishments, the things that sort of uh, drive people's interest in it. Somebody like Will Chamberlain scoring 100 points. Mm. You know, Well, the story is that he scored those 100 points in Hershey, Pennsylvania. <laughs> in other words, it wasn't, in fact, Wilt said during his life, he said, more people have come up to me. He said, Wilt, I was there the night in Madison Square Garden where you scored 100 points. And Wilt would always say, oh, thank you. And think, well, I guess he wasn't there because it was in Hershey, Pennsylvania. It was, again, it was a league that has become an international phenomenon, yeah. which started as almost nothing. Cool. I'll look forward. I'll look forward to checking that out. Um, uh, that, that has that has a lot of good stories. Too. That's cool. <laughs> well, we'll and save I'm that for sure another podcast. I'm sure it has wonderful art. That's right. <laughs> well, I'll look forward to talking to you both again when that comes out. Um, before we go, I want to close by giving you a chance to speak to your readers and and thank you again both for spending time with me, uh, Fred. I'll see a library full of children tomorrow morning is there a message i can bring to them from you well sure i mean one of the biggest things is uh, you know is the importance of reading um that that's almost like a cliche but really the pleasure of reading the you know for for example we were talking about the research in this book and just the fun of finding out uh really almost the mystery of how this game of pro football, which is so popular, became how it how it became this way. And you get that from reading and the stories you get from uh, reading. And really just I, I'd really I would hope kids would get into sports history, but just generally history, uh, the history of this country. And, uh, you know, there are so many incredible stories out there. Thanks. 
James, same question. I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message I can bring to them from you? Of course, I agree with Fred. You know, reading is the most important thing. Um, That's where it should all start. And hopefully they will um, read these stories and enjoy these stories and want to tell their own stories um, and and write their own stories as well. Um, You know, of course, as as an artist, I'm going to plug the artwork. Um, I'm hoping they're going to enjoy the pictures. Sometimes pictures are what pull us into stories. Um, And so that's one of the reasons why the pictures are, are there. Um, and they should feel free to um, copy these, make up their own drawings um, about um, stories or maybe other parts that I um, I didn't illustrate. They say, well, he should have illustrated this. And they should absolutely create their own drawing from from um, from a page or from a, um, a caption or something or something that they felt was more compelling to illustrate. Um, and there's nothing wrong with copying. Copying is fine at this age and they should um, do it as, as often as possible. But also, I, something that Fred mentioned, which I like to just sort of um, bring up a little more, is the idea of, you know, this game started with um, someone had an idea to pull this league together. And so they can have ideas. Small, intimate groups can start off with these ideas that are rough, and they can grow into larger things. So, um, you know, um, being entrepreneurial, um, and, and having a, a gut instinct about something is what's made this country so wonderful. So, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll see that um, this is another example of a group of people coming together with a small idea or with an idea and watch that idea grow and probably something grew beyond something they could ever imagine. So that's um, one of the reasons why we do these books, to um, let them know the history of things. Because like Fred, I also enjoy history. And we want people to know that uh, everything starts off with an idea and it grows into something. And sometimes that idea can become something much larger than what we can ever imagine. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Matthew Winner, in my library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 600 episodes at matthewcwinner.com. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and don't reflect the ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Become a patron, and you can directly impact and help to sustain the podcast. Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that is a very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. 
The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.